Good people, Ashton Gustafson here, welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. Hope you and yours are doing well. My voice is a little low this morning. Stayed up late last night. Uh, some friends, we, we went to probably my favorite restaurant, and then we had some tickets to go see... You know, one of those bands that just, you remember where you were uh, when you found them, when they found you, uh, and then their sound marks you, if you will. Uh, My Morning Jacket, Jim James and the Brotherhood, uh, went to see them last night, and uh, it was special. It was beautiful. I'm in this run of shows right now, and uh, I took my two girls um, to... A John Mayer show, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, COVID made me forget, but recently I'm remembering uh, just how special being near the arts is. Um, we need things. We we need things to shape us, but we need things to move us. Um, and uh, those are two. For those of you with children. Um, Chew on those words for a while. Shaping and moving. Uh, we do need to be formed. We, we need direction. Uh, we, need, um, we need a way. We need the way. We need a path. Um, with mystery, by the way. Let us not forget that. But we also need to be moved. And uh, it was so fun took the girls to see a John Mayer show, and it was just, uh, I needed sunglasses, kind of my eyes were a bit misty all night long, um, watching them both navigate being moved in different ways. One of them, one of them loves the lyrics like their dad does, uh, but one of them, one of them gets in that bass line and doesn't leave. Uh, one of them needs the groove. One one of them move, is moved by the words, but one of them is moved by the groove, and so that was so fun to go do. Um, and so here we are again. Sorry for that rant. Uh, I woke up this morning, and as you know, these these riffs as of late, where you get me and not a guest. By the way, Andy Crouch. If you didn't listen to that episode, please go listen to that. Uh, one of my New favorite voices on the path of wisdom. Um, but I was reading some Mary Oliver this morning, and uh, I'm, I'm, I thought about it being coming up on being the month of May. And I thought I was thinking, like, if I had to give a commencement address, what would I say, right? And we hear the word commencement, and it feels like ending. The etymology of commencement is actually about beginning, right? And so you, you, you hear these messages a lot of times about all the things that you've learned here, and now what are you going to go do in the world? Um, now, now what are you going to do with what you just did? What are you going to do with the thing that just formed you? And hopefully the thing that moved you. How, how are you going to go out now and put some skin and flesh and bones on it? How are you going to move that soul out into relationships and people and moments and the ups and downs in life? And so this morning, 
with my uh, freshly brewed Camp for Coffee, Crested Butte coffee here. This is a riff that I would give if I was giving a commencement address. And uh, I have two sentences written down. Actually, I don't even have two sentences. I have two ideas. Um, and so, let's do it. Here we go. Um, for beginnings, right? Uh, it, commencement, it means beginning for a new season. Perhaps you're hearing this and it's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up. Sorry for you 90s kids. It's the first of the month. It's a new beginning. Maybe it's a Monday. Maybe it's January. Maybe you find yourself in a new season. Maybe a season after some loss. Maybe some season after great gain. Maybe a new job, a new role, maybe in a new relationship. When things begin... It's often said, the way it will end is how it begins. And it's almost been 10 years since my nosedive into the rabbit hole, into the underworld of the things that are hidden and unseen, the thing underneath the thing, where wisdom lives, right? Like where the soul is cultivated, the heart space, where things happen within us at the cellular level, where, where, the, where the body keeps the score, right? Not on the level of form, but the level of formless. Uh, it's been about 10 years now. And I've got, I, you, you guys know this, I'm surrounded in books. I've listened to more podcasts than one ever should. I've attended the conferences. I've sat in the room with the sages. I've interviewed the poets I've gone, I've, I've, <laughs> I've left the cave to go find the good stuff and bring it back to the village. And my commencing words to all of us, they hinge on gratitude. Gratitude. I've been in the room with billionaires. I've actually sat in the car and had long drives with some of the wealthiest people in America. I've been near people that seem to have had it all. I've been, I've been around all of it. And the number one thing that I can find is the difference maker is gratitude. Because when we have cultivated the awareness to all of the millions, if not billions of random, intricate things that got us to where we are, when we aren't in that gratuitous state, then what happens is, is we lay unrealistic expectations over everything. We lay it over the closest people that we've been entrusted. We lay it over the job that we've been granted. We lay it over the stoplight that we're at because it's not moving fast enough to our expectations. We move it, we lay it over the vacation that never lives up to what we thought it was going to. We lay it over, the, the list goes on forever, but when we remain in the gratuitous state, what happens is, from there, our eyes are available to be in that state of awe and wonder and we kind of have this like bedrock, it's like this phrase is humming just underneath our skin, like, can you believe all this? 
Like if you really think about it, if you really think about it, the, the gratuitous state, if you can stay there, like we are on this little blue and green marble zooming through the cosmos at umpteen thousand miles an hour, spinning at 60-something thousand miles an hour on an axis. Somehow, some way, our hair is not blowing everywhere. Somehow, some way, it's, it's a little bit calm here. We're, but are you hearing this? We're actually moving through the cosmos at a maddening rate, and yet we are here sipping coffee. We're here listening to the bluebirds sing. We're here for a few years raising some kids. We're here helping a customer. We're here praying. We're here lighting a candle. We're here tasting. We're here seeing. And do you just feel the difference that just came in to the cast here that like expectation will ruin your life. Now listen, there's nothing against hopeful expectation, right? There's nothing about having having hope is a beautiful thing. Father Rohr, I heard recently, he said this, he said, you know, everyone's everyone's tripping out so bad. He goes, hey, the good news, guys, is in the end, all will be well. It is good, it is good, it is good. All will be well. The way it began is the way it's going to end. So you know, if it's not all well, it's not the end yet. <laughs> But the gratuitous space, it grounds us and it turns our eyes into this available vision to where we actually start to taste and see the small things. It was a few years ago, I, I may have shared this story before, I was in Memphis, Tennessee, speaking at the, I think it's called the Peabody there's like a random guy that walks out and a bunch of ducks follow him. I think that's what that place is called. I'm about to go on stage. I'm sharing a message uh, with a bunch of real estate agents. And I have like a, a minor like panic attack. And not that I was totally losing it, but I was tripping a little bit. And the only thing that I knew to do at that time was before I went up there. Uh, was just pull out a sheet of paper and start writing things I was grateful for. And I wasn't going to stop until I wrote a hundred things. And I teach this often when I can. But of course, I began at like some, some big ideas of, you know, my house and my children and my parents and the life I've been given and all, all of these different things. But I, it started to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I, and I remember writing the words coarse black pepper. So I was in this season of barbecue. I was studying Aaron Franklin. I went down the barbecue rabbit hole. I was I was buying the the seasoned wood in the right way and I got the smoker that was right and I sourced the brisket in the right way and was doing all these things just to dial in the perfect Texas barbecue. And full disclosure, I got there. We did it. We we cracked the case. But I remember figuring out one day that like you could have the fire perfect and the meat perfectly cut right and the wood right and you could the temperature right and the clean smoke right and you had it all right and you had the humidity right but at the end of the day it it the, the joke was it it came down to the coarse black pepper that made the difference and i learned there in memphis tennessee 
that if I can't find it in the coarse black pepper, then it's highly likely I wasn't going to find it in the big deal that was going to close or the vacation that we dreamed of or the paid-off mortgage or the new car or the new pair of shoes or the latest fashion, whatever, or the, or the five-star meal, the three-star Michelin meal. If, if I couldn't find that gratuitous place in the coarse black pepper areas of our lives, I promise you, you're not going to go find it elsewhere. And so you aim small and you miss small. The gratuitous state, what it does is, is you start big, you start really big, you start about those big blocks in life of the things that, that, that shaped you, right? Here we go back to that conversation again. And then the gratuitous places, they open your eyes to the places that have moved you. The random poem that a friend gave you that didn't leave your pocket for years. The one sentence that someone said to you in 2006 that you never forgot. You remember where you were at and you've held on to that. And that sentence casted vision for you. Or maybe you start seeing things with your kids. Maybe you notice just that her eyes are hazel in the center but there is this random, navy, teal ring that goes around them that is just perfect. The gratuitous state brings you back there. And so maybe it's the first of the month. Maybe it's Monday. Maybe it's January. Maybe it's a new season. Maybe you're here in a beginning place. Something is commencing. Release expectation and ground yourself in gratitude. And I promise you, things aren't going to go right. The perfect job is not going to be so perfect. The perfect customer isn't going to be so perfect. You're going to spill the coffee. You're going to back the car into the handicap sign. You're going to get rained on in your brand new shoes. You're going to fail the test. The five-star meal isn't going to be as good as you thought it should be. And yet gratitude allows you to embrace the asymmetrical areas of life. I wrote a poem once, or maybe it was a song, and I think I said, where poetry lacks symmetry, that's where you'll find the beauty. Where poetry lacks symmetry, that's where you'll find the beauty. Where poetry lacks symmetry, that's where you'll find the beauty. Only in a gratuitous state can you navigate the asymmetrical waters of life and yet be centered and grounded and aligned and say, it's okay, all is well, all is well, all is well. So gratitude, students that are commencing, <laughs> moms that are commencing something, dads that are out there commencing something, new employees, new projects, whatever you're doing, newness, start in gratitude.
start there. And my senses are interesting things will follow you on your path. The next one is this. Fall in love with delayed gratification. Now, immediately, a lot of us hear the word delayed, but we we don't hear the word gratification. And look at the etymology that's there. I mean, gratitude, it's, it's, it's right back. And so we begin in the state of gratitude. That, that's the current place. That's the here and now, right? That's the place where we are, the, land, the, the, the grass under your feet that you've been entrusted. Delayed gratification, on the other hand, that starts doing interesting things for the future. The late Tony Shea guy that was the CEO of Zappos. He was a hero of mine. Wrote a book called Delivering Happiness. He had this phrase that was called accelerating serendipity. Accelerating serendipity. And what that phrase was there to teach people was, hey, do interesting things, and interesting things may come your way. Connect with people. Weave your story in and out of other people's stories so that one day maybe something interesting will come out of that story and it'll weave in with another story. This is where life becomes a mosaic, a smoothie, if you will, a future smoothie. <laughs> uh, you, you mix things, you sow things, you sow your seeds today so that something will grow tomorrow. You plant some seeds today so that something will bloom tomorrow. The biggest problem I see with people that are in my profession is A, they don't have gratitude, so they're super frustrated about their current state, but B, they're not doing anything about it today that will eventually change it tomorrow. Lucky Farmer is an oxymoron. Lucky Farmer is an oxymoron. The fields of our lives, they do not randomly bloom. Well, maybe they do, but we call those things weeds. But when intentionality shows up, when you move with intentionality and you say, you know what I want tomorrow is some love. I want some goodness. I want some peace. I want some patience. How about this? I want something sustainable. I want something predictable. Maybe I want something profitable. And let us not forget, maybe I want something that's joyful. Newsflash, those things just don't happen. Sustainability, predictability, profitability, joy, those tend to be things that are byproducts of other things. And so if I could offer something else in this commencing address, for those of us that are in the first of the month, in January of our lives, a new season of our lives, fall in love with delayed gratification. Can you imagine, for those of you that are business owners, for those of you that are raising children, for those of you that are married, for those of you that are navigating anything that involves humans, Can you imagine our world with people that not only were grateful for where they are in their lives, for the little bit of ground they've been entrusted 
Grateful for the story that brought them where they are. Including all of the not-so-good stuff, and yet transcending it, and, and just saying, hey, I'm just glad and hopeful to be here. Can we imagine grateful people coupled with people that fall in love with delayed gratification? Because the problem is, again, is the culture we live in. It's a microwave, fast food world. We believe, we, we, have, we don't know this consciously, but subconsciously, we, we've been, it, it's been an illusion that's given to us when I can order anything on my phone and it just shows up on my doorstep or I can walk into Starbucks and the drink's already ready. We, we've, we've been convinced of the illusion that the good, true, and beautiful things of our life just appear. And if Lucky Farmer is an oxymoron, then we probably need to take our medicine. And at some point you realize it's not medicine that you're taking. It's actually meaning that you're cultivating. Anything that you would consider a trophy in life, right? Those good, true, and beautiful things. Those things that you look backwards at and you go, I'm glad I did. Man, I'm glad I did that. Those beautiful things we hold on to that, that, that make life feel like it has meaning. They didn't just show up in your life. They were byproducts of something. You sowed with generosity. You sowed with connection. You sowed seeds of empathy. You sowed seeds of patience, of goodness, of faithfulness. And then the field started to bloom. Started to bloom something sustainable. The field said, hey, you actually planted a couple trees here, and, and, and those things drop pecans every year now. That becomes sustainable. You planted some perennial, if you will, some perennials where each year the bloom comes back. It, things, things become a little bit more predictable, sustainable, and joyful. And then you know that everything that's in the field it kind of goes away at some point. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And in the gratuitous state of mind that you're in, you've got the wonder, you've got the awe, and you wake up one day and you go, it's all right here in this cup of coffee. It's actually all in the black pepper. Yeah, there's a field out there, a field of form. Yeah, maybe we raise some Families and built some businesses and did some fun things out there, but it's an inside job. Transformation happened, happens inwardly, right? Outwardly, we are wasting away, but inwardly, we are renewed. renewed. You, you enter the dance. And you learn that the dance has a little to and fro to it. You learn that the dance has a little bit of light, a little bit of darkness. You learn that the dance has some knowing and some unknowing. You realize that the cross, the cross of your life is this collision of opposites, the promise of paradox. 
you start saying things like, yeah, I actually boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Because when I do that, this power becomes available and alive through me. You, you, you start saying things like, if you want to find your life, you may need to lose it a little bit. And my senses are that the, the, the only way you can learn, the only way that language resonates, becomes beautiful, becomes, becomes the path that you gladly walk on, is by means of a little bit of gratitude coupled with some delayed gratification. And then you're holding the bouquet of flowers that you always wanted to hold. And you just know that that bouquet only lasts a little bit. Bought my wife some flowers. Had them shipped in from Lord knows where. Garden roses. If you're not a garden rose fan, you need to study these things. It's a whole different world. Um, but they don't last that long. It's kind of sad. Three or four days in, eh, not like they were a few days ago. And that's life. That's life. But we ground ourselves in gratitude. And we go out each day and we sow our seeds of contribution, passion, connection, empathy, joy, love, fun, right? You just, you just sow seeds. I don't care what it is. The question is, if you're not growing what you want to be harvesting, what are you planting? And if you don't realize that you plant something today, may not bloom for 10 years, may not bloom for 20 years, but lucky farmer is an oxymoron. So it's January 1 for some of us. It's the first of the month for some of us. I, I keep going bone thugs in harmony every time I say first of the month. It's the first of the month. It's a Monday. Maybe it's a Saturday. Maybe you Sabbath on Friday and you're waking up to a Saturday first day or a Sunday first day. Maybe you're just someplace new. May you ask the divine for gratuitous eyes. Now you start big, but know that eventually it's aimed small, miss small. The smaller you can get with those places of gratitude. The smaller your world, the bigger your life. There it is. I promise you, the smaller you can fall in love with your world, the bigger your life will become. And then look out at the field. And when you pull the car out of the garage today, you say, I got a family to raise, I got a business to run. I got some people to love. I got some interesting things to do. I got some hobbies to cultivate. But I'm going to sow my seeds today. And eventually, goodness, truth, and beauty not only will follow me all the days of my life, it will become the days of my life. What more do we want tattooed on our days than goodness, truth, and beauty? Where poetry lacks symmetry, that's where you'll find the beauty. Where poetry lacks symmetry, that's where you'll find the beauty. Gratuitous eyes and delayed gratification. Move into your Januaries. Move into your Mondays. Move into your day ones. 
and remember that every day is day one. Namaste, grace and peace, until next time.